Hey, what is going on, guys? This is Halfback Dynasty. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Brendan, and I'm joined today with... My name is Tyler Cox, your other co-host. Awesome, awesome. So, you guys, we've decided to start a Dynasty football podcast, and we couldn't be more excited to be here. Before we jump in, this is our first episode. We want to give you a little introduction about who we are and why we've decided to go ahead and uh, share our addiction and our opinions about fantasy football. Uh, Tyler, you want to give them a little background information about yourself? Absolutely. I'll jump in here. I am a Colorado kid who uh, certainly misses uh, the old mid-90s version of our state. For anybody uh, listening from Colorado, you'll know exactly what that means. My co-host, Brendan, being from Chicago, it's always been big, so uh, probably not not as much understanding there. Um, as far as personal background, I grew up in a hockey, soccer, and skiing house. You know, we skied most weekends, grew up playing soccer, grew up playing hockey. Um, as far as fantasy goes, I started with yearly leagues that kind of drew me in about 16, 17 years ago, and then became more obsessed with the player process, the research, the player side, the analytics, which drew me into Dynasty, and I now currently don't play in any yearly leagues, uh, Dynasty only. Kind of gotten pretty far away from uh, yearly leagues. I, I don't see the point as much anymore. Uh, I attended and graduated uh, from the University of Northern Colorado and uh, also have a degree from Metro State of Denver. Uh, don't use either one of them, which is pretty traditional for college, I feel like. And uh, outside of Dynasty, my passions include family, first and foremost, uh, 80s horror, golf, and my dog, Ash. And as I mentioned, pushing uh, about a decade worth of being obsessed with Dynasty. Nice. You know, I must say that that is so true when you go to school and you find a career path and your degree did absolutely nothing for you. It's so funny to me. That's spot on. Yeah, so, just nothing at all. It was more yeah. about the experience, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, well, Tyler, I'm absolutely thrilled to be doing this with you. So uh, I know our viewers are very lucky to get your expert opinion on a lot of takes. So uh, we're happy you're here, man. Uh, to give everybody a little background information about myself, as Tyler mentioned, uh, I am from the Chicagoland area. I do currently live in Chicago, so pretty far away from Colorado. Uh, you know, I remember driving out there when I was younger. It's like, I don't know, like a 16-hour drive. So we got a little bit of mileage between us, man. Uh, but yeah, so being in Chicago, my household was definitely split. You know, my mom's family was uh, a South Side family. And my dad's family was a North Side family. So, you know, I was struck right in the middle of do I go Cubs or Sox. So uh, luckily, there's only one football team in Chicago. It'd be tough, man, if I was living in L.A. right now. I don't know. It but, probably divide the family a little bit for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, luckily football is uh, more watched in my family. So there's no division there. Uh, but a cool thing actually is my mom, she vows to wear shorts every day until the Bears win a Super Bowl. So it's crazy because Illinois weather is so unpredictable, right? So in the winter, I mean, it gets like negative 10 degrees. It can go negative 20. Uh, in the spring, it might be 30 degrees. Right now, it's 70. Next week, it'll be 40. So the Bears better figure it out because they're killing my mom, man. You know, she's uh, she's not going to be able to wear shorts much longer. So I hope they figure this out. 
Yeah, your mom has got to be it's just a legend in the Chicago area. You know, I kind of uh, was talking to my family, and your mom's like the equivalent of the barrel man in Denver back in the uh, 80s and 90s. The guy was just a fanatic of the Broncos and everything he did, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I feel. Uh, she actually has a couple of news articles she was written about in, uh, I think, the Chicago Times or the Sun Times. And it's so funny because – you know, she's the friendliest woman and she'll be walking down the street and let's say there's, you know, uh, ABC or WGN, they'll literally stop her because they're like, what the heck are you doing? Why are you wearing shorts? And then it becomes the next big thing, man. It's great. Legend. Wonderful woman. Exactly. Exactly. Nikki uh, Falls going to bring that title so your mom can wear some pants next year. Yeah. Hey, I got a lot of faith in my man, Nick. So, uh, you know, really easy to have faith in a guy not named Trubisky at the moment. Although I am, I am a little worried. It's a uh, play calling, which we, we can talk about um, real quick, just to, to summarize a little bit more. I graduated from Illinois State University back in 2018 uh, with a bachelor's degree in business administration. My family actually owns a retail store in the loop of Chicago. Uh, so it's a lot of fun, a lot of stuff going on. You know, I, I do enjoy walking around, seeing the architecture, uh, walking around and also trying out the, all the different foods. And, you know, Tyler, you got a little bit more experience in the dynasty uh, area than I do. This will be my third year playing. However, I'm in about three or four leagues. So I guess you can add that up. It's like, you know, 12 years or whatever. Uh, but yeah, guys, you know, we couldn't be more stoked to, to be here for you. Um, we've got a lot of content to go over. There's clearly a lot of stuff going on in the NFL due to how ridiculous 2020 has been. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to go ahead and talk about some of our podcast goals real quick. Uh, so all the listeners can kind of get a feel for what we're trying to achieve here. Uh, we want to bring exciting, one-of-a-kind content that you can enjoy and trust as a listener. And everything we talk about will be based on statistics and our opinions. So I'm sure you have a heavy bias towards Denver. You know, I've got a heavy bias towards Chicago. Jerry so, Judy, baby, best player in the NFL. Jerry Judy, I like it. I like it. You know, 2020 rookie class, draft him at the 101. Did, did you do that? Did you take I him took, 101? I, I took him at the 101. And, nice. You know, man. I respect it. I respect it. You know, with Sutton now, he could be having a big year. So I like it. I like my, it. My brother, who's a diehard dynasty guy as well, uh, very unimpressed with my Jerry Judy pick at 1-1. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure most viewers would uh, kind of agree. But you know what? In terms of dynasty layout, wide receivers last longer than running back. So we'll see. 10 years from now, it'll be a genius pick. I hope so. I have a pension for uh, Alabama players. So Good, good. I like it. I like it. That's so funny, man. That's so funny. Uh, you know, predicting everything in fantasy football is impossible, but, you know, Tyler and I have vowed to just share our knowledge and just make sure you guys uh, do your own research as well. Uh, listen to what we have to say. If you like what we have to say, then apply it. Uh, clearly, we will have some more favorable targets based on who we feel uh, will be a better pickup or a better start, things like that. So uh, throughout the podcast, you will be able to uh, hear some different roster additions we'd recommend, matchup predictions, trade advice, and much more. Uh, with that being said, if you have any questions or you need to reach out to us, you can follow us on Twitter and shoot us a direct message, uh, which is at Halfback Dynasty, or you can send us an email. Our email address is halfbackdynasty at gmail.com. Uh, now we got the boring stuff out of the way, my man. You ready to jump into some good football content? I am, Brendan. I just wanted to interject something real quick about the trades. Uh, again, decade in, 
I've never made a bad trade. So it's <laughs> exactly what we want to hear. See, that's the trustworthy source right there. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, speaking of trades, you know what, Tyler? We just had a pretty big trade go down between you and I. We might as well talk about that real quick. Uh, what did it end up being again? Uh, it was what I sent Galladay, uh, Gerald Everett, and uh, who was the other tight end I sent? Uh, I think it was Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas. There you go. Yeah. We had a lot of intrigue coming into the season and uh, could definitely get going. Uh, and I received Justin Jefferson, Evan Ingram, Inkeel Harry, and uh, uh, Antonio. Andy Golden. Yeah, yeah. Andy Golden, a, a nice uh, – pre-draft favorite of mine uh honestly brandon i i literally talked to my brother before our call and he asked me how i felt about the trade and it was like honestly i don't know you know i, I was ecstatic to get justin jefferson i don't think there's any denying that kenny galladay is uh the best player in that deal and as you well know being in the same league uh you know my hope is evan ingram pans out because i'm desperate at tight end as a contender and tight ends in our league are literally impossible to trade for yeah i mean you could offer uh, i i don't i cringe to even think what you could <laughs> offer for george kittle and it's not getting accepted so yeah <laughs> he no, was my no. hope so we'll see yeah i feel you know ingram has a lot of athleticism there's no really denying that uh when you see him play you know he can jump up and grab some impossible balls and uh, it's just he's so inconsistent right now, and I think that's due to the Giants being really bad. Uh, it's just they're completely disorganized. I mean, Saquon couldn't even get it going before he was injured. Um, last year, Evan Ingram was injured here and there. Uh, all it takes is for him to just have a couple good weeks, and then he takes off. So we'll see if Daniel Jones is able to buckle down and not fumble the ball, and uh, hopefully they can put up more than like 24 points in a game. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And I think our trade will take a long time to pan out. You know, is, yeah. Harry, is Harry a good football player? I, I don't really know. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I still I'll, got hope for him. So, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you this. I mean, he was another guy that was injured last year, I believe, right? His rookie season. Yeah, he only played a handful of games. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there. You have to assume Edelman is probably on his way out. I mean, the guy's like 55 years old in football years, still a monster. I mean, there's no denying that. Playing really well again, even without yeah. Brady. Yeah. And you know, if you were in a startup, you could take him in like the 10th round of it, maybe even oh, later no in the dynasty league, like 15th round. No, so, nobody wants Edelman. So yeah, so nobody likes the guys that are unexciting and put up points. Robert Woods, Edelman, guys like that. Nobody wants them. Yeah, Robert yeah. Woods is criminally undervalued. So Bobby Woods, man. <laughs> Bobby Trees, Bobby Trees. I like it. I like it. So, uh, you know, real quick, my thoughts on the trade. Uh, you know, Galladay is a stud, and a lot of times you do go after the stud. But I think it's important with your roster. I mean, you were able to, to trade Galladay. You have Godwin on your bench. Granted, I know he's injured, but your running backs are really talented. You've got Judy, Lamb, now you got Jefferson. I don't see why you wouldn't make that move. So plus if if Gandy Golden hits, I mean, dude, that's money right there. Yeah, so. I figured I'd gamble on the upside and the younger guys. Um, you know, with having Calvin Ridley uh is huge too. Absolutely. My guy. So Hey, the Bears shut him down though. Hey. Man How about zero it? point output. That's unbelievable. Crazy. Good thing I uh 
the person I played had 200 plus points, so it really made no difference. But yeah, the zero hurt. Um, the zero. That's hurt. crazy. That's crazy. It'll happen. You know, it'll happen once in a while. So. Yeah. Uh, cool. You know, before we, we continue jumping into, to, uh, you know, the player evaluations, trade evaluations, uh, I'd like to actually talk about, uh, team identities, you know, uh, at the start of every season, one of the most exciting things is to kind of figure out what type of identity a team will have, right. That's based on their coaching staff, based on their players, uh, how well their practice transitions into games. Are they a run heavy first offense, a pass heavy first uh, so let's just throw out a random team, right? Let's just say the Titans. Okay. Uh, obviously a lot of, a lot of talk about the Titans right now due to COVID, but, yep. uh, you know, they have a, a running back who is capable of getting 30 carries per game in Derrick Henry. What do you think about that? Is that, do you build your offense around him or do you look for other weapons like AJ Brown, Corey Davis? What are your thoughts? Uh, I actually kind of love that they've, essentially built around Henry and they just give him the ball. You know, I think especially from a fantasy perspective, there's so many good running backs now that they just don't get the touches and it's extremely frustrating and everybody looks for, you know, the Barclays. Uh, Zeke's a little bit of an exception because he gets touches, but a lot of the top end guys are they're kind of hit or miss because you, you know, you could be looking at a 12 touch game or a 25 with Derrick Henry. He's going to touch the ball 20 plus times every single game guaranteed. And he doesn't even catch. That's the insane part. If, if Derrick Henry caught footballs, he's probably the best running back in fantasy football. No doubt about it. That would be insane. Especially someone of his size being able to just run out for a screen pass. No, it's just, what are you supposed to do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. And then, you know, you move to uh, a pass heavy team such as let's say the Falcons, right? Uh, the Falcons have proven that, I mean, Todd Gurley's okay right now. I'm not going to deny that he's bad. I'm not going to deny that he's good. I think he's mediocre, uh, unfortunately due to his arthritis, but they've shown that you can still be a, a pass heavy offense. They've had like five different receivers last week, you know, get like three, four receptions and it's just insane how they can provide that much usage to every receiver on the roster. It blows my mind. It's pretty unbelievable. I equate Atlanta and Dallas the same way. I mean, what Dallas is doing and the the weapons they have, I, you could start uh, Cooper, Gallup, Lamb every week. I mean, it's not always going to work out. Uh, Schultz, even for that matter, it's, it's not always going to work out. But you have four legit options not to mention Zeke I mean Zeke still gets his touches still gets his points um and to kind of piggyback off that a team that I found a little bit uh unexpected maybe that's a pass heavy team this year uh was Cincinnati I mean good for them for going out and get Joe Burrow Joe Burrow looks like the truth you know he looks fantastic but I'm shocked with you know, an elite running back on their team. They're just, they're all in on Burrow, and I respect that, you know. Throw the kid to the wolves. If he plays terrible, he plays terrible. Uh, but so far, uh, kid looks good. Hey, I was waiting for uh, I was waiting for the Joe Mixon reference, as in uh, you know, obviously with the exclusion of last performance in week four, I mean, 
you know, Burrow's throwing the ball 60 times, man. Joe Mixon was almost invisible. So I'm happy they gave him some touches to kind of even out the game. But yeah, you know, Burrow, my goodness. I, I think even, even if, let's say even they went, I, I know they've already won a game, but even if they went 0-16 and Burrow performed the way he did, I'm still very impressed because he is getting it done, right? He's able to move the offense. He's able to get some clutch completions. Uh, I mean, T. Higgins is starting to warm up a little bit. Tyler Boyd's been performing very well. A.J. Green, eh, I don't really know what's going on with him. What do you think? Uh, it's. I'm glad you brought that up. I was literally going to say, I mean, look at the young team Cincinnati's building. I mean, A.J. Green was supposed to be this bounce-back player, buy low, whatever you want to call it, and he's non-existent. And then you look at a T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd that are – young players that just they look fantastic i mean i i think tyler boyd is uh joe burrow's guy if you will i think he is their number one receiver and i think higgins is a phenomenal complimentary uh wr2 for that team um i mean call it what you will college doesn't matter but when you're considered the best receiver to come out of clemson is uh that's pretty intense I agree. You don't agree. just earn that by not being a good football player. I mean, I'm sure people have heard of uh, DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> Sammy Watkins, Mike Williams. I, I mean, that's a WR University up there in Clemson. Yeah, so. they breed them, man. They they prep them and they make people successful in the NFL, and that's all you can ask for. Uh, don't you have T. Higgins in in your league as well? I do have T. Higgins. I okay. actually uh, I. I didn't get a chance to, well, I had a chance to draft him. Obviously, I took uh, Jerry Judy, like you said, at the 1-1, <laughs> and I took C.D. Lamb at the 1-3 because I flat out didn't want to miss out on either one of them. Uh, and then in the offseason, I uh, flipped Sutton for T. Higgins a first and a second, which obviously now looks good with Sutton looks on really IR. Good. But, uh, <laughs> you know, time will tell. Sutton's a great wideout, great asset for Dynasty. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I couldn't. You know. I, I get infatuated with guys and, you know, Higgins was, had to go get him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I agree with, with Sutton uh, or with what you said about Sutton. I mean, he is young enough to where he will bounce back uh, by then, you know, hopefully Denver's offense kind of figured it out a little bit more. Uh, but I was drafting uh, Sutton before guys like Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, uh, I think I would take Mike Evans before Sutton, but you know, I, I put him right around there and I really thought he was going to be a, a wide receiver one this entire year if he was healthy. So I was very excited to see him play, but it's kind of unfortunate that he went down. Uh, I know in one of our leagues, I kind of got lucky too. I traded a future first in Cortland Sutton for Miles Sanders and then, you know, That's two right. weeks later. So uh, it's 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 a tough game, man. You know, everyone's going to get injured this year, whether you like it or not. So you just have to make smart moves, take some risks, and let it play out. Uh, did you want to talk about any struggling offenses or any excelling offenses? Was there any team that stood out to you at all? Um, yeah, I mean, in the sense that, you know, Dallas is fantasy gold right now. It doesn't matter who you roll out on that team. They're going to put up points. Uh, in the opposite sense to me, Philadelphia really comes to mind. You know, when Wentz hasn't played well. Um, I feel they just need to give the ball to Sanders more, let uh, see what he does. But, I mean, wide receiver-wise, uh, man, I don't think you feel comfortable starting anybody on that team, including Zach Hurts, including Matt. 
So. Yeah, no, I feel that. And, you know, they're another team that's plagued with injuries. I mean, they've got to be out like four to five wide receivers, you know, every other week or something. I mean, when do we keep getting news that Jeffrey's coming back, but then he doesn't come back? When are we going to get the real news? Oh, he's going to hop on the field. I mean, granted, I need like 30 or 31 years old. So I'm excited to see what he does because maybe Carson Wentz is able to build a connection with him. But even Rager, right? Wentz has never had a chance to build any type of connection with Jalen Rager. Uh, Dallas Goddard is now down. I mean, they just can't get a break. They're, I forgot what the which lineman, but I think one of their guards like tore his ACL too. Yep, He's like, he went down. Hard. It's just there's no breaks there. But you know you have no, to. They can't catch a break. And I mean, yeah. Camp News is Camp News. Uh, everybody's the best player at camp. But <laughs> I mean, Jalen Rager had huge reviews. So you know, it's it'll be interesting to see when he gets back out. And yeah, Jeffrey's an interesting one. He used to be kind of a dynasty darling uh, years ago, and seems like he's just been hurt for a couple of years now. It just never That's seems crazy. to be on the field. But I think the the decline of Wentz has been a little interesting. And, you know, there's plenty of time to bounce back. He doesn't have the weapons that he used to with all the injuries. But And he just doesn't look like the same player. Not at all. Do you, uh, do you feel that it's him regressing? Or do you feel he's just in such a tough situation? Has the coaching staff changed? I mean, what, what do you think is the, the true reason? I think it's O-line and the, the weapons. You know, the O-line, I think for a lot of diehard fantasy people, you understand how important that is um, for quarterbacks and running backs. You know, if there's no time to do anything, there's no time. So uh, I think O-line plays a lot into that. But, you know, his uh, Wentz's injuries have probably played into that. You know, he hasn't played as much football as he could have at this point. And – you know, I think it's a little early. I've been reading the the websites and the news. I think it's a little early to be calling for Wentz to get removed. But you got an interesting backup quarterback there that, unfortunately, as as we all know as fan bases, the the guy behind the starter is always the best player. You know, I think every, I, fans think that. You know, so yeah. what hurts in the in the wings? I don't know, man. You lose another two, three games, and it's ugly. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him. I don't no, think it's I mean, a good move, but well, you might as well throw him in. I mean, look what happened in Washington. You just got news today that that Haskins is being benched for Kyle Allen, and uh, I think it is a little premature. I'm not going to lie because they have nothing to lose. You might as well see if the kid can develop. But in that sense, too, you have nothing to lose, so you might as well throw Kyle Allen in. And why not, right? Uh, I mean, if you're terrible, you get Fields or Trevor Lawrence. I, I mean, I don't think that's a bad consolation prize. You're not going to win the uh, Super Bowl anyway. So yeah, absolutely. And if uh, I recall correctly, I think uh, I think Ron Rivera brought Kyle Allen over from Carolina. I, I think did. they already had a connection there. So yep. uh, you know, Kyle Allen played well last year at times. You know, he did oh, a good absolutely. job. Absolutely. So. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things, another tough situation, right? Your superstar running back goes down, um, new coach, new head coach. Uh, I mean, it's just a lot of stuff, man. And I, I really want to kind of hit on why it's important that all these things have to line up, right? You know, if you want to win a Super Bowl, everything has to almost work out perfectly. You can't have guys injured at critical moments. You have to make sure that you have the correct coaching staff, assistant coaches. You have to make sure the play callers is 
doing an effective job, unlike Matt Nagy with the Bears. Uh, you know what I mean? So, it, it, there's, yeah, there's so many different factors that all play into making sure you you can win and that you can win a Super Bowl, which Carson Wentz has done, even though he didn't, uh, you know, he didn't play in the Super Bowl, but at least he's got a ring. Agreed. And it's interesting you bring that up because I think you can look at fantasy Super Bowls, if you will, winning your league that, you know, there's a lot of factors that go in there. You almost want assets on teams with horrendous defenses. Look at Dallas. They're throwing the ball 60 times a game. Cincinnati throwing it 60 times a game because you got to score 50 points to win. That all adds up to very beneficial fantasy stat lines. Garbage time. king. Absolutely. And yeah, you're right. Even if you're looking at box scores, you know, I don't care if my fantasy players score 20 points in the fourth or, you know, 20 points the entire game. It doesn't matter to me. All that Make matters no is they score 20 points. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, one thing that kind of irritates me is when I'm doing some research and whatnot about specific players, uh, people are like, oh, you know, they only accumulated all those receptions in the fourth quarter. You know, I, I don't care when they accumulated them, right? Uh, you know, you're, if, if you're on Washington, Terry McLaurin, he's going to ball out almost every single game because they don't have really any other weapons except maybe if Antonio Gibson's developing, things like that. But McLaurin is a guy I'd be all over, right? Um, who else do we have? Allen Robinson with the Bears. I mean, you know, they're they're getting some good play with Darnell Mooney, but Allen Robinson with the Bears is just becoming a target hog. Right, he's the he's the number one receiver there. So yeah, where uh, else are you gonna go? Exactly, Aaron, exactly. Aaron Waller, you know, another, you know, the guy sees fifteen targets a game. Yeah, dude, he is balling out right now. I remember last year, people were like, he's not gonna repeat. He's not gonna repeat. Well, he is performing very well at the moment, and I do really like his usage. Uh, I'm a little worried though. You know, when Ruggs is is healthy again, and Brian Edwards maybe steps it up a little bit. Do you see Darren Waller's? Uh, usage go down a little bit, or do you kind of expect it to to stay the same where it's at? Uh, I keep expecting a little bit of a regression as players come back, but I really don't think it will just because I think that's Carr's safety net, if you will. Carr is not a big downfield guy. So, you know, I'm interesting to, to see what they do with rugs. You know, is he – a home run hitter or are they going to try and turn him into a six, seven catch guy? You know, I think it kind of depends. Obviously Brian Edwards has been a letdown so far, but has also been injured. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, but no, I think Waller will just steady, steady as it gets. You know, I kind of look at Travis Kelsey the same way. There's weapons all over that team, but Kelsey gets his every single week, you know, because mm-hmm. I think when you know you can trust guys, you, you force balls into them or you just know they're going to be open. And I think that's that's where Waller is. You know, I think Waller in Dynasty is a very interesting player because of his age. You know, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of time in Dynasty, whenever somebody hits 27 years old, uh, they're the oldest player in the world. You know, with Waller being 28 already. Trees. Only, yeah, <laughs> only playing essentially two seasons so far of relevant fantasy stuff Mm -hmm. you know a a lot of people are very cautious on him but right now easily a top three tight end in the game easily no doubt no doubt and uh you know you have to respect his game i mean he gets it done Uh, and he had a long story too Uh, i recommend you guys go look into his backstory overcame i think it was some some drug addiction problems and 
you know, now he's a, a stud tight end in the NFL. So, uh, you know, he works hard and he deserves his position. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got a quick, uh, you know, would you rather own type of question. When we're on the, the topic of rugs, I'm starting to almost get a, a type of vibe where I'd compare him to maybe like a Robbie Anderson. Uh, who would you rather own right now in the Dynasty League? Between Anderson and Ruggs? And Ruggs, yep. Uh, I would gamble on Ruggs. I like his upside. I like that age is on his side. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's hard to take real life out of fantasy. uh, Robbie Anderson had some questionable character things a few years ago. Uh, That was a pretty ugly story, but... Uh, I would gamble on rugs, but at the same time, I mean, as a rugs owner, uh, granted, he's only four weeks into his career, but man, I don't like uh, getting the John Ross vibe from uh, from rugs. You know, he got hurt in the preseason or what would have been preseason. He's hurt now. Uh, I don't know. I think it's unfair to compare him to that, but you kind of get a little bit of that vibe out of the gate here. You know, the guy's got a yeah. lot of talent. He's all speed. Was he... You know, I think where they played college ball is a little bit different. I mean, uh, Ruggs played very, very well at Alabama, which is much different than where where uh, Roscoe was at Washington, Washington State. I think it was Washington I think something State. like that. And it's kind of funny because wasn't John Ross like a top 15 pick? Absolutely, yeah. I think I, he was. And I think yeah. uh, I think Ruggs was too. Ruggs was the first receiver taken off the board. I think. Off the board. A very Raiders pick, by the way. Yeah. You know, when you've got – lamb and judy on the board that's a very raiders thing to do but um obviously the kid's got a ton of talent but uh to circle back i would absolutely rather own rugs than uh robbie anderson sure sure especially you know if you have a a good starting lineup where you can stash rugs and and kind of uh wait him out i mean we haven't truly seen what he's capable of doing in the nfl we know he's talented enough to be in the nfl uh, it's all about just getting them on the field and staying healthy. So I think I would agree. I think Ruggs is a, a safer long-term play just because although Robbie Anderson is balling out right now, I think he's still capped. And once DJ Moore gets it going, I think Anderson Great. will slowly fall down. So excellent. I, I think in, in Dynasty, you, you got to be patient with your rookies. I think if you're looking for immediate production, uh, in your rookie draft, if you're high picks, you, you go running back because running backs seem to translate immediately out of the gate. I mean, we've been spoiled by the last few classes. I mean, the Kamara, CMC, I mean, these guys just come in and they're top five uh, running backs. Saquon Barkley is rookie year mm-hmm. with the number one scoring uh, running back, which is just <laughs> incredible. Whereas wide receivers take a little bit of time. You know, if, if you need immediate production, I, I wouldn't be looking – for a guy like Ruggs, you know, it's going to take some time. And I've learned through uh, years of doing it and maybe losing hope quickly. You know, a a rookie asset, I I wouldn't move within a three-year window. Give them three years, see what they are. And if if they don't pan out and there's no uh, value there, then, well, you got to live with it. But don't trade it. Don't trade a guy – like Kenny Galladay after during his rookie year because he's hurt all year and then he turns into a, a perennial top 10 guy. Absolutely. Uh, you know, patience is definitely a virtue in Dynasty. Uh, one of my leagues, uh, the guy who drafted Chark in like the fourth round of the rookie draft, he actually ended up dropping him uh, within the first few weeks. 
then somebody else scooped him up and uh you know he caught a hail mary with him so ridiculous not a good way to go (laughs) yeah you know i mean we've all been there we've all been there maybe not dropping rookies that quickly but we've all uh felt a little pain by either dropping someone prematurely or trading them prematurely and not maxing out on their efficiency or value uh moving on here tyler i know we have uh, each picked a few players we kind of wanted to analyze a little bit uh certain players that have exceeded expectations so far this year and certain players who have not exceeded expectations Uh, i know robbie anderson was on your list um you know carolina wide receiver did you want to talk a a little bit more about him you know why has he why has he exceeded expectations and uh you know how, how exciting of a player is he right now uh, I mean, he's been fantastic. Uh, I think the slow start for DJ Moore uh, has a little bit to do with it. But, man, if you dig deeper into Robbie Anderson, the guy has 28 catches on 34 targets. I mean, that's phenomenal uh, catch-to-target uh, ratio. I mean, it's just incredible. The only downside to Robbie Anderson currently is uh, he only has the one touchdown. But, um you know, if you're gobbling up yards and targets in a PPR league, obviously everybody's hoping for a touchdown out of your guys. But uh, you can still be a great player without getting in the end zone. But uh, what really stood out to me was his catches uh, versus targets. Very, very sure. impressive. Sure. Uh, you know, Julio Jones is a prime example of racking up receptions and yards and not getting touchdowns. So uh, it's definitely uh, – players are capable of being very effective on fantasy rosters not scoring touchdowns. So uh, that's a great, it's a great pick there. I definitely love it. And, you know, I hope to see Carolina kind of step it up. I like Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I think he's a a great guy. He was played with injuries. So I'm hoping that, you know, the offense gets it going. McCaffrey comes back in a couple weeks and we'll see if they can make some magic happen. Yeah. Uh, Great to see Bridgewater get that rushing TD after uh, everything he went through. What a just brutal injury. Yeah. Great to see. Awesome to see. Yeah, no, I'm definitely about it, man. Always exciting. So, you know, these guys are people too, and, you know, they cherish the moments on the field. So it's it's truly an exciting moment to see that type of stuff. Uh, you know, one of the guys I had on my list, uh, he's probably one of the most talked about guys in the NFL of all time, and that is my man, Tom Brady. So in terms of dynasty outlook, uh, especially if you're playing in super flex leagues, he was going pretty late in startups. Uh, due to his age and to you know changing rosters, moving across to to Tampa Bay, and uh, a lot of times, which I'm sure you've seen over your your decade of playing, a lot of players might struggle moving into a new system, new coaching system, especially a QB, right? You know, quarterback position is difficult because you're moving into new schemes. Fortunately for Brady, I kind of looked at it as well. You know, he is so good at what he does. I think his input is a little more valued than any other QB in the league. So he could kind of step in and tell like, yo, Bruce Arians, I kind of want to run it like this. I'll take your input. Let's work it out and see what type of system we can have. You know, he's basically a coach in my eyes. Would you agree with that? I would agree. And he's been obviously had the rough week one and there was a ton of panic, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it's, it's Tom Brady. He's the best quarterback ever. Um, Yeah. And he's been fantastic. You know, he's got a ton of weapons and even has lost a weapon in Godwin. They really haven't even had a chance to uh, really connect and yeah. get to know each other's games. So I, I expect Brady to uh, really get better and better as the year goes. And it's, you know, it always comes back to that age thing. You know, everybody just, 
you assume that Tom Brady's going to slow down. He's not a good fantasy asset. Well, man, if you're a contender, he's a fantastic asset. Absolutely. You know, to put it in perspective right now, uh, he's already racked up over 1,100 passing yards, uh, 11 touchdowns thrown and only four interceptions, which the interception rate is pretty high for him right now. I'm not going to lie. It's a little interesting to see, but nonetheless, you know, he still holds it down. He's going to get the job done and they're only going to improve, uh, especially once they figure out the running back situation. Uh, you know, I appreciate that they're giving multiple guys a shot, but it's tough. You know, it's it's a it's a sketchy feeling on who to start, when to start, if Fournette and, and Ronald Jones are both active. Uh, how do you view Tampa Bay's running back room? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I. I think it's going to come down to whether they give Fournette as many chances as maybe it takes him to get kind of used to the offense. You know, obviously with no uh, preseason, I think that could have a little bit to do with Brady's interceptions, like you said, trying to get, trying to learn the new players and all that. But man, it's really hard to judge that backfield. Um, I thought Keyshawn Vaughn was incredibly over – overdrafted in uh, rookie drafts this year in Dynasty. People and, were reaching. People were reaching for Oh, sure. man, the 1-8 places like that I saw kind of across the board, and it just, you know. Running back scarcity, man. You know, it's a yeah, true fear. Yeah. yeah, you try to gamble on a guy that looked like maybe he was just going to step in and get the work, but uh, I kind of always viewed him as a pass-catching back. I was never high on Keyshawn Vaughn, but – Getting back to it, I mean, Ronald Jones knows that system. He's been in it. He's improved every year he's been in the league. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a timeshare with a little bit leaning towards Ronald Jones. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable starting either one of them if you have other options. I, like I have a league where I'm rolling Ronald Jones every week because I don't have great options. And, you know, he's brought back some pretty good games so far but if you have other options I, I would go a different direction sure sure yeah I definitely agree um you know obviously Fournette is capable uh he's not necessarily the most efficient I mean he was pretty pretty volume oriented uh back in Jacksonville so it's interesting to see throughout the season when both are healthy how will uh Tampa Bay kind of use both guys so excellent uh did you have another guy on your list you wanted to, to talk about uh, let's see. I don't think you could talk about fantasy right now without uh, talking about James Robinson. Um, obviously, went undrafted in the NFL uh, for startups. Uh, it's hard to say where he went if he got drafted in a startup this year. And then in rookie drafts, you're looking at a fifth, sixth rounder, depending on you know how many rounds you have. But uh, so far, he's got uh, 285 rushing yards, uh, three TDs. But really what stands out to me is uh, 14 catches on 15 targets for 161 yards. Um, again, I talked to my brother a ton about fantasy, and I was talking to him that in fantasy football anymore, if you're outside of Derrick Henry, of course, which we've covered, um, if your running back can't catch, it's it's real tough to be a, a top running back. You know, I can think of a handful of guys. Nick Chubb obviously doesn't catch many passes, but man, Robinson, uh, his his uh, catching, I think, is what's really intriguing at this point. 
Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Gardner Minshew for that fact, right there, both of those guys are, are playing to keep their, their position in my opinion, right? If Jacksonville was able to land a top pick, there's no doubt in my mind that they would obviously go Lawrence or Fields. So both guys really are, are duking it out and they're, they're paying for their, or they're playing for their position. I mean, uh, I can't say Jacksonville would spend a first round pick on a running back because they might feel further out from contending, but who's to say they wouldn't spend a second or third, right? So you you love to see it. Undrafted uh, free agent actually went to my college, Illinois State. The guy is absolutely balled out at every level. Uh, I think a lot of the recruiting process was he didn't play in a big conference, right? And you know he's doing it. Uh, there was a lot of talk in the off season when they let Leonard Fournette go that they just loved what they saw from James Robinson. And so the owners that were able to get their share of him, they really hit gold, man. Cause I know a lot of people were picking up some of the other running backs that were rostered uh, by Jacksonville. And now you got a COVID, you got a guy on IR and man, it must be nice, dude. It must be nice. I've got one share of him and you know, he's no doubt in my mind. We start him every single week as of now until otherwise. Agreed. And it's interesting that you talk about that. Uh, I mean, from a football, a straight football perspective, I mean, running backs, uh, you just don't seem to put a lot of uh, stock into in the draft anymore. I mean, they come from everywhere. Uh, I'm not saying a third, fourth rounder isn't still good draft capital in the actual NFL, but look at Kamara, Aaron Jones, James Robinson versus guys like Fournette. I mean, at this point, has Barkley been worth it for the Giants? Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. You know, so. I, I think they I, generational talent. It's tough to pass up on him, but it's not like they were drafting a generational talent at QB, right? You know, he's already three years deep, I believe, or something like that, and now he's got an ACL injury. He, he, they're not going to be ready to compete while he's still in his prime. So they. They took him. Uh, you can't blame him for it. I mean, I'm sure any franchise would have taken him if they felt they were in a position to do so, uh, like the Giants were. But yeah, man, it, it just sucks. It sucks to see that. I, I I can't see the Giants being good until like three years from now, right? Yeah, I can't either. And I mean, in the draft, you got a hit or even an undrafted guy. It helps you build a team. I mean, again, in real football, James Robinson, if he turns out to be a good running back, Jacksonville doesn't have to invest in a running back and they don't have to pay James Robinson anything because he has no draft capital. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can spend that money elsewhere. Look at what Seattle was able to do by hitting on Wilson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, running him through his entire rookie contract, they were able to put together one of the best defenses ever, surrounded by a ton of talent everywhere because you don't have to pay him. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah, know, those guys are key. Yeah, I mean, a first-round guy, you got to pay a lot of money, period. Agreed. Agreed. And on the running backs, don't, are, don't they get like a fourth-year option or something if they're taken in the first round? They do, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's quite interesting. Uh, real quick before we move on, I've got one more guy uh, that I'd like to talk about, uh, and that's Alan Lazard. I mean, I know he's on the IR right now. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's got some some type of core injury going on with him. But I thought his story was real cool. You know, he was uh, the number one prospect out of Iowa in high school, and he was balling out in high school. He uh, verbally committed to Iowa State, I think, like his sophomore or junior year. 
which the reason being is because his dad played at Iowa State, so he kind of felt that connection. But then during his, his senior year, he just shredded everybody. So then he started to get offers from like Notre Dame, LSU, things like that. So he actually felt the right or the right thing to do in that situation was to keep his word. And so he decided to go to Iowa State, right? So he turned down LSU, he turned down Notre Dame, balled out at Iowa State, got them to a winning record because Iowa State's not very good in college ball, right? Uh, but then he went undrafted in the NFL. And I think that's largely due to the fact, just like James Robinson, is because he simply didn't have a tough enough schedule and didn't play at a big time program. So then I forgot who somebody, which some team signed him. Maybe it was the Saints or something. Uh, somebody, somebody gave him a call and signed him uh, to the practice squad. And then he got cut. And then uh, the Packers picked him up, uh, signed him on the practice squad. Then he got a call up because there was an injury. And then he got cut back down to the practice squad. And then now he got called up again. And he absolutely balled out this year, man. You know, that's a true story of just keep grinding. And, uh, you know, before he got injured, he posted 13 receptions, 254 yards, and two touchdowns. So uh, I'm not too sure how long he's going to be out for. But, you know, even Aaron Rodgers vouched for him saying this guy is on the come up. So uh, I'd be on the lookout for him. You know, he, he's got to be pretty cheap in, in most leagues. So uh, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, I, I think he's a fantastic player, and it kind of loops back around to what we were saying. I, I remember the year Alan Lazard came in. Um, he had a lot of intrigue because he's a big guy. He had a good combine. And he's probably a guy, like we were talking about, that was dropped. And, mm -hmm. you know, you got to give your rookies time to develop. And I know his name's not Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins, but before the injury – uh, Alan Lazard is a legit fantasy asset. And, you know, a lot of times in Dynasty as well, it's all about the names and you, you can get production elsewhere. But he's another guy that uh, it's really unfortunate. I've heard he could be out six to eight weeks. I mean, that's really unfortunate. So because uh, he's having a great, great year so far. Uh, I think he was a wide receiver seven before the injury because he mm -hmm. had that big game. Um and to your point, he was uh, signed by Jacksonville. That, that it was Jacksonville? Year. Yeah, okay. that first Perfect. year as a undrafted guy. And, yeah, I mean, you got to give these guys a chance to develop uh, from a dynasty perspective because, like I said, he's a legit asset before his injury. So great player to uh, bring up in this uh, segment here. Absolutely. You know, I'm just hoping that he did enough to maintain his position. Uh, being injured that long with, uh, you know, coming back and forth to the waivers, to the practice squad or clearing waivers, practice squad, the actual 53 man roster. Uh, I hope he comes back and, you know, the, the Packers should be in a position to uh, dominate the, the NFC North in my opinion. So I think we'll see some big things from him. Uh, moving on, uh, you know, for the sake of kind of speeding things up a little bit, uh, I know we each picked four players that have not exceeded expectations. Do you kind of just want to list your four that you selected? Absolutely. Just to go through them real quick. I mean, Deshaun Watson, based on what you drafted him for at your quarterback position, uh, has underperformed. I uh, hate to say it, but uh, your boy David Montgomery just uh, not looking good so far. Uh, Come on, DJ, man. DJ Moore. Um, I was actually pretty surprised at the targets DJ Moore has versus the catches. 32 targets, only 18 catches, no TDs yet. 
I think he'll get it going. And uh, much like Keyshawn Vaughn, man, the most uh, when the news broke that Gronkowski was coming back and the, the excitement and what the trades people went out and made for Gronkowski, man, I, I I'll never understand that. But Gronk has been a a huge letdown. But again, I, I wouldn't have touched Gronkowski at his price this offseason. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, it's that hype, man. He's he's teaming back up with our boy Brady. <laughs> you can't you can't deny that it was a pretty exciting moment that Brady got him out of retirement and said, "Let's go." Uh, sometimes it doesn't always work out. <laughs> hey, I'm sure he's a great guy to have in the locker room, though. I'm sure he's he's pumping the the fellas up. Well, so you probably get free tickets to his cruise. I mean, it's probably yeah. fantastic to have him as a team. Hey, I'd like to, to I'd like party you with know? him for a night. Yeah, yeah, no denying oh, that. Be great. <laughs> he's the man. He's the man. Cool. Yeah, I agree on all your options. I mean, there's really no denying that DJ Moore has been a little disappointing, uh, especially for uh, him breaking out last season and being so young. Um, you know, the great thing is, obviously, there's still quite a bit of time for him to bounce back and uh, see if they can get the offense rolling a little bit. I, I again, I don't see Robbie Anderson uh, going for almost 100 yards every game. I think he broke 100 yards twice receiving and then he hit 99 yards once. It's not going to be a regular thing, in my opinion. So uh, I think you know Teddy's going to calm down, check down to DJ Moore a lot more. His his passes will be a lot more catchable, and I think we'll see big things there. Uh, a few selections I had: AJ Green. We already spoke about. Uh, you know, it's a tough situation for him. Uh, we'll see how it plays out uh, with such a young offense. Um, you know, at least he's there, just like Gronk. I'm sure he's he's coaching the the guys as well over there. Great teammate to have. Um, we also spoke about Evan Ingram, you know, really, really great athlete. Giants just, it's a, it's a dumpster, man. Dumpster fire over there, in my opinion. Uh, same same with the Jets. I got Sam Darnold on my list. I mean, dude, uh, first off, did you see him get hit last week? Did you see, oh my gosh, that was a nasty hit to his collarbone when he landed on it. It was a pretty ug- ugly hit, and uh, yeah. I mean, obviously there was a lot of reaction last week being in Denver here. But uh, for a split second, I thought Lamar Jackson was out there on that that run he had. I mean, my goodness, that was just that was horrible. nasty. It was horrible to watch at the that same was time. nasty. But, Honestly, uh, he was moving in slow mo, and just the uh, the defense couldn't catch him. Man, it was pretty dope. You can't deny that. Uh, but yeah. see, that, that's the point. I mean, you know, he was drafted super high in his super draft. High. Right. Uh, that was a pretty big QB class. You had, uh, yeah. I, who was it? I was Baker. And I think it was Baker, Darnold, Rosen, uh, Allen. So you had a lot of guys going on in that. And, uh, uh, I think it's pretty much due to Adam Gase being his coach. That's not leading him to success. I think Darnold is fully capable. You know, he can sling the ball. He's not scared to risk it, but it, there's a proven track record that anytime a player leaves, Gase's organization, they instantly become better. I, I I don't think you could disagree with that. No, I, Adam Gase is just, I, I don't get it anymore. I mean, you and I talked the other night, and like I said, once you're in, you're in. You know, you're just going to get recycled, passed around. But, uh, man, the, the fact that it, he still has a job as a head coach is, is pretty baffling. And if he gets another shot somewhere, it would be even more baffling. And then uh, – Just to play off what you said about DJ Moore, uh, if you're a DJ Moore owner, I certainly wouldn't panic because once uh, McCaffrey comes back, that opens up uh, everything for everybody in that entire offense. It'll come together. 
absolutely. You know, he going back to he proved that he can do it without a top QB and Kyle Allen. So no question. yeah, no question. I would not trade DJ more unless I got like at least two first. Even then, I'd I'd hesitate sending. Strong, um, strong, easy hold for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Great point there. All right. Moving on. Uh, you know, we, we did have a, a couple favorable matchups this week for week five. Uh, you know, we are recording this on a Wednesday night, so I didn't really want to talk too much about the Thursday night game uh, between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears. Granted, we know the Bears are going to smack them. So I hope that, uh, you know, when people are listening to this, we get that same type of outcome. Uh, but first one on my list, I got Carolina versus the Falcons. I mean, we'll, we'll keep the topic of conversation on Teddy Bridgewater, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. I mean, the Falcons defense has just given up so many yards in the air. I, I think that all of the receivers are going to have a great game. And, uh, you know, they might be able to get the run game going. I think Mike Davis will, will have another great game as well. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's funny you bring that up because DJ Moore is also on my list for this week. I think you're, there's going to be a ton of passing. I mean, that's what Atlanta does. You're going to have to score points to to win that game. I mean, Atlanta's really bad, but they put up points outside of uh, last week against the vaunted Chicago Bears. So, uh, you know, I think I think DJ Moore is a great one. He's definitely on my list. And uh, it's interesting you bring up Mike Davis. I'm not trying to undermine McCaffrey whatsoever. Phenomenal player. But is that a system thing? I mean, Mike Davis, uh, what's going on? Yeah, the Bears let him go like two years ago. How upsetting is that? I do remember that. I do remember that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's the same system. So (laughs) Yeah, no doubt about it. So, you know, he's a great plug-in play. And you have to assume once McCaffrey went down, all the owners went out and they spent all their money or used their their priority waiver pickup on Mike Davis. I think he's a safe running back too. He might even encroach in uh, running back one type of play this week. Uh, You know, the Falcons are just hurting on defense too. Uh, their first round pick, um, AJ Terrell, their cornerback, he, I think, tested positive for COVID. So he was on the IR COVID list. Keanu Neal had an Achilles injury last year. He was a stud DB. Yep. I don't, yep. he, they said he practiced. I don't know if he's actually going to, to play this week. Um, their free safety, Ricardo Allen, was out with an elbow injury. Uh, their defensive end, McKinley, was out with a groin injury. Last week, DeMonte, uh, Excuse me if I'm mispronouncing this. Uh, Casey tore his Achilles. That was awful to watch, man. You, you just know, torn, yeah, torn Achilles. You just, it's so difficult to bounce back. You know, another guy, Marlon Mack. I just, I can't see it happening. That is such a brutal injury, man. Oh, it's brutal. OJ Howard. OJ Howard, yeah, it's just unbelievable. Uh, you know, the point being that this is going to be a super juicy matchup. Uh, it's almost guaranteed to be a shootout if you play against the Falcons. Uh, Matt Ryan's probably going to put up like 350 throwing yards at least, meaning that, uh, you know, the Panthers are going to start tossing the ball a little bit. So I think almost any Carolina player is going to be a safe start minus Ian Thomas. So I like like it. Now you got to roll Ian Thomas, man. See what happens. Uh, Yeah, there you go. No, I, I, that's awesome. That was on my matchup. Uh, I'll go through mine quickly. I have uh, Marquise Brown. I would I would roll him this week. Again, we talked about earlier in the show, Cincinnati just throwing the ball all over the yard. I think you're going to need points. Um, I think Baltimore wins that game, but I would roll Marquise Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, kind of a deeper guy, not not name wise, but I'd gamble on Debo uh, Samuel. I think there's I like some, that some big I like plays. That a lot. Yeah, I think there's some big plays to be had against Miami, and then uh, if he goes, uh, I'd roll John Brown if you were struggling with options because I think people are gonna. This really pains me to say if you uh, if you're on any of the forums I'm on. Uh, Diggs looks legit this year, so I think people are going to start uh, honing in on him a little bit. So I, I think Josh Brown uh, an interesting deep start as well. And trust me, yeah. I, I don't I don't like saying that about. Oh, uh, it's almost like if you're in a startup draft with you, you know, if you're taking Diggs, you're doing you a, a, a complete solid. I, I remember I'm pretty sure I posted in the group chat. I was like, you know what, Tyler, I'm helping you out right here. This is the guy. Yeah, <laughs> awesome awesome yeah i mean you know josh allen has been incredible uh you know he's like the qb2 right now qb3 uh he is definitely getting it done out there in in buffalo um john brown is a safe play he was a safe play last year uh, he's got a really good floor uh Diggs has a really nice upside so they really complement each other very well big upside and allen's getting it done through the air which i think is surprising kind of get lost in the shuffle with him is he is his rushing is incredibly down i mean he had last week he had minus one rushing yards got in the end zone but still man that he's doing it through the air is is pretty impressive yeah no absolutely absolutely you love to see it guy baby hey you know what yeah hey you know what i actually uh was talking with somebody on a forum page we got into a, a huge discussion and argument about uh why Diggs wouldn't be a good trustworthy wide receiver and the, the guy's counter argument was that since they're in Buffalo, the weather is just always so difficult to manage. And I was like, Diggs is putting up a thousand yards, man. There's no doubt about it. Sure. So cool. He's uh, put up a thousand yards in the first three games and then, you know, another 50 the rest of the season. But uh, yeah, his, hey, his hey, consistency has hey. been really, really impressive this year. Yeah. So, hey, you know, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be too out of this world to see him become inconsistent. So I definitely feel that. Uh, you know, a big guy I have on my list, and this is due to injury. Uh, you know, Austin Eckler went down uh, this past week, and uh, that's Joshua Kelly. So, uh, one thing I want to say about Joshua Kelly uh, as a rookie, he's actually gotten quite a bit of work. Granted, he has not been efficient with the work. Uh, I think he was averaging something like 3.3 yards per carry. Uh, but to put it into perspective, the uh, season so far, he's gotten 52 carries for 174 yards and a touchdown. Uh, 3.3 yards per carry is a pretty yucky number in my opinion, but granted for a rookie who got that volume, even with a top 10 running back there, uh, on the chargers, I think that it says a lot about their trust with him and they really want to develop him. I I think he's going to have a monster game against the saints. So due to volume alone, I, I see him putting up maybe like 18 points, um, you know, 16 carries, maybe breaks a hundred yards in a tutty. I, I don't know. I, I like that pick a lot. I actually like uh, Kelly until Eckler comes back. You know, I think that's a phenomenal call. Absolutely. Um, you know, I also had CD Lamb on my list. Uh, we don't really have to talk about him because it's pretty self-explanatory. My man, uh, Dallas is going to absolutely shred the Giants, and all of their receivers are going to go up a hundred points uh, <laughs> or throw up a hundred points. Uh, so it's going to be wicked. It's going to be wicked. Uh, moving on real quick, I had a couple uh, players that I'd suggest to sit. Uh, number one being Frank Gore against the Cardinals. Uh, 
Frank Gore's had ample opportunity in this offense, and uh, I'm not saying it's his fault that he hasn't been producing well, but you just can't trust him. I would not start any Jets running back, even if Le'Veon Bell comes back like next week. I don't know if he's going to be active this week, but I wouldn't even start him until Adam Gase is just out the door, man. Agreed. I mean, Frank Gore, that 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 one hurts because, I mean, Frank Gore is one of the, the best legend. running backs ever, literally. But, yeah, his time has – yeah, I wouldn't be starting Frank Gore. I think that's a little risky. Uh, hey, he doesn't age, man. He doesn't age. Agreed. Uh, a guy on my uh, – who I would sit, I, if you have any other options, David Johnson. Uh, I mean, that – that trade was really, really bad. Obviously, they've removed their coach. Um, what does the next regime think about uh, David Johnson? I, I He's not been good anyways, so I, I wouldn't gamble on him uh, this weekend. And a couple Agreed. other ones. Uh, it might surprise people, but Washington currently has the number one pass defense. Um, I'd be wow. a little – yeah. I'd be a little uh, hesitant with Cooper Cup or uh, Woods, uh, you know. I'm interested to see what happens there. Um, so just a couple guys that, again, it's tough to bench either one of them. But if you have other options, you might look uh, somewhere else this week. Sure. Hey, you know, uh, high risk, high reward. And uh, Washington's front seven is pretty good. So, uh, you know, they invested a, a premium pick in Chase Young. Um, and, you know, they've got a bright future. So I, I really like that that choice. You know, you, you, it's tough. You, big names like that, no one ever wants to sit them. I mean, look at OBJ. Sometimes you got to sit OBJ, right? It, it's just, it's so tough. And sometimes being uh, matchup dependent, that's how you win a lot of weeks. And you just have to go for it. Uh, moving forward, uh, a couple of sleeper picks I wanted to, to make. Uh, outside of the the top 20 rankings, uh, projected rankings per their position, uh, number one for QB, I've got Kirk Cousins having a great game against the Seahawks. Uh, surprisingly, the Seahawks have been a super pass-heavy offense this year, and so they're moving the ball quickly. You know, a 70-yard bomb to DK Metcalf, they get, you know, a 30-second possession. So I think Kirk Cousins is really going to bounce back, especially with the emergence of your boy Justin Jefferson. Uh, and Adam Thielen out there as well. Uh, Dalvin Cook's a stud too. So I think Kirk Cousins has a big game. I mean, I don't trust him every week, but you know, might as well plug him in, see what happens. Uh, Joshua, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure you're ready for mine here uh, after okay. just, after just trashing him. But uh, against Dallas, man, I'm Daniel Jones. Daniel, I'm not, Jones, I'm not saying yeah. it's going to be pretty, but he's going to have to throw for five touchdowns, 500 yards. You oh know, so. you know, I didn't think of it like that. <laughs> wow, that means that means Darius Slayton's in for like a two touchdown game. I, they're going to have to throw the ball, you know, a lot. Wow. Um, sometimes like it's just it. about that ball. I'm not saying he's not going to have two or three picks, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? He for sure will. He'll also throw in two fumbles just to make the stat <laughs> correct. So Absolutely. cool, man. Cool. You know, uh, again, you guys, to those of you listening, uh, you know, we all have guys that we favor. And ultimately, you do have to make tough decisions, but it's really important you go check out the matchups ahead of time. Uh, check out which type of uh, DBs are, are covering the wide receivers. Uh, how good is the the front line on defenses, the, the edge rushers? All of that really plays a, a big role in determining how successful an offense will be. Um, moving on, uh, you know, a couple segments before we, we uh, go ahead and end the show for today. Uh, I wanted to give you a couple uh, would-you-rathers 
uh, at the end of this video right now. Uh, first one being, this is a tough one. I've been really thinking about it today. Uh, just a 12-team PPR. Let's say you are middle-of-the-road team, right? Uh, would you rather own Michael Gallup or Nicole Hardman? Wow, fantastic question. Um, <laughs> usually you lean quarterback play, but, man, you really can't go there in this one. Mm -hmm. um, man, there's assets on both sides. Really, really good question. Um, I would lean Hardman, honestly. I think I think the writing's on the wall. You know, week to week it's going to be different. But uh, you paid a guy $100 million in Cooper. You drafted a guy in the first round. Uh, to me, mm -hmm. Gallup is kind of the odd man out there. Um, and for me, Cole Hardman, you know, he came in as the fourth guy on their depth chart. And I think it's pretty obvious he has overtaken uh, Robinson at this point. I'm not mm -hmm. saying he has a tremendous amount of volume, but uh, Hardman doesn't need a lot of volume. You know, if he catches a 50 yard touchdown, I'm not saying it's a great week, but it's a decent week. So Absolutely. you can plug him in any given week in a bind. He might score you zero and he might score you 20. You know, you got to live with it. But as a pure asset, I like Hardman more. Yeah, he's got but time to develop. A, that's a tough too. question. You know, I just oh, think, no doubt. I mean, I both excited. their offenses are crowded. But um, outside of Hill, you know, I'm not a big Sammy Watkins guy. I think there's room on that depth chart more than there is in Dallas. C.D. Lamb looks legit. And uh, that's not a slight on Michael Gallup. I think if Michael Gallup were to get moved, phenomenal asset. I certainly wouldn't trade Gallup right now. You know, I, I would hold. I think maybe he moves on because, let's face it, you paid Cooper $100 million bucks. I There's no wondering why his stats are the way they're, that you're forcing him the ball, you know, mm -hmm. get the guy the ball. So give me Hardman here. Good. Coming from Good a guy job. who traded Hardman this offseason, uh, for Darius guys. So yeah, that, oh, that's that, tough, that one's man. going well. That's tough. <laughs> well, you know, there's always a chance he bounces back uh, after he's out of jail. You never know. <laughs> yeah, a few, few five, six years down the road here. <laughs> yeah. He's, at least he's not taking any hits on the field. So his body will be preserved. You man, know? I tell you what, that's what crazy. Bust man. That's definitely, so, that's the definition of a bust. It really doesn't get much worse than that. You know, a guy who has everything, you know, obviously excluding the injuries, but has a great opportunity and just blows it. It's really, yeah, really upsetting. Um, hey, next up, I've got one more. Uh, would you rather own Joshua Kelly or Antonio Gibson? Man, you're making me work here tonight, buddy. Those are both really good ones. Um, I've said this on many, many forums as well, on many posts. I am very hesitant on Antonio Gibson. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think he's a gadget player. I don't like those kind of players. Not to say that Antonio Gibson is not a very, very good athlete. Uh, he's doing great with his opportunities. But, you know, depending on how the draft falls, if Washington were to add a running back who has, you know, even a decent, uh, a decent prospect, you know, a Najee Harris, somebody like that, that's their running back. You know, their wide receiver chart is ugly uh, outside of F1, but... Uh, F1, baby. 
I don't know, man. I, I would lean Joshua Kelly just because he's more mm-hmm. of a pure running back. But I, I got eaten alive on a forum the other day about my thoughts on uh, Antonio Gibson. So I, I don't think they're very popular. I just I'm not a gadget player. Sure. You know, uh, you I, know, I, I see Percy Harvin, Percy Harvin there who had a couple good years. But otherwise, yeah. it's just not not that great of an asset. So. Yeah, you know, Antonio Gibson's got all the opportunity in the world. Uh, I actually tried to send my first for 2021 for him straight up. Actually got declined. Um, this was after like week one or week two. I, I couldn't offer up anymore. Uh, just too risky in my opinion. Uh, you know, we truly don't know what type of uh, outcome will be in his future. Uh, if you got him, great. If you got him, stash him. I mean, I don't see a reason to sell him. I mean, he got Agreed. you touchdowns the past couple weeks. Um uh, you know, he's putting up some good production. So running backs are hard to find. So hold on to him. Uh, one more question for you, Tyler. Uh, this is a trade question. Uh, if, if you're in a 12 team PPR, you're uh, bottom three in the ranking. So your team has not performed as well as you anticipated. Would you trade Juju Smith Schuster for an early 2021 first and T Higgins? Uh, I actually would. Um, I'm a. I still really, really like Juju Smith-Schuster, but I think, uh, granted, he had a lot of injuries last year. I, I mm-hmm. don't want to diminish that, but uh, Roethlisberger's not getting any younger. Um, I, <laughs> no way about that. <laughs> I'm not sure Juju stays in Pittsburgh, even if he does. Uh, what happens with the quarterback situation there, and if he moves on, what kind of quarterback situation does he go to? Um, I absolutely would. I think T. Higgins, as we mentioned, being tied to Joe Burrow for the foreseeable future is huge. Those two will grow together. And early first, you're looking at what? Jameer Chase. Um, man, it's, it's kind of uh, hard. Clemson's running back. Uh, uh, if you really wanted to risk it all, yeah. yeah, if you wanted to risk it all, Trevor Lawrence, if you're in a super flex. Yeah. So, yes, I, I actually would. And you know, sure. I, I, I really like Juju. I just worry about him long term. I mean, again, the injuries were bad last year, but hey, man, there was other guys that uh, still scored points with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And who was the other guy? Ducky. Um, yeah, Ducky Duck, Hodges. Duck, is that who it was? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, at some point, I, I'm not trying to diminish it, but man, yeah, people still put up numbers with other quarterbacks and. I think Juju's been okay so far, but uh, yeah. I he hasn't been that. a, a top five wideout, a top no. five dynasty wideout, as a lot of people anticipated. Uh, you know, And also with the emergence of Deontay Johnson, who has looked really good when he's on the really field. Good. So, uh, you know, he could be the next AB there, and then Juju's back to his uh, wide receiver two type of play uh, in terms of on the Steelers roster. Uh, I know when AB was there, Juju was putting up wide receiver oh, one number. Is ridiculous. So awesome, the man. The offer I made for that year for Ju- uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm glad that didn't go through. Let's put it Good. that way. Good. But, yeah, uh, I, I traded uh, the 20. <laughs> I traded the 2019 101 and Calvin Ridley for Juju. So it basically was Josh Jacobs and Calvin Ridley. So I'm kind of biting my my but teeth. But it made sense at the time, you know. Yeah. Sometimes a, a good thing to talk about right here is sometimes you got to take a step back and sometimes the price for a player is just too much. But mm-hmm. that being said, I tried to buy Juju for an outrageous price tag and, and could have set my team back years, you know? 
Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just to just say, Brendan, I love this segment, man. We could add another two hours and you could rattle these off to me for two hours, man. This Agreed. Is, this is what I love right here. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, you know, I, I think one thing for our next episode, and I'm sure the, the listeners do really appreciate this, is I think we should come up with a, a long segment of uh, who would you rather own as well as uh, some hypothetical trade situations. A uh, big part of Dynasty is all about trades and making sure that you're making smart decisions, uh, even if it ends up biting you. So uh, next week's episode, will for sure uh, tie in more of these types of questions. Um, I think that's a, a great plan. And just to kind of give a preview for next week, sometimes whether you want to or not, uh, if you got a guy who's real hot, he's at peak value, and maybe you kind of think he's peaked in general, Sometimes you got to sell for the at the right time. Sometimes you got to buy at the right time. Um, Cash out or buy low. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. I've, I've said it before to you, Brendan. To me, uh, dynasty football is a day to day stock market. That's all it is. Um, mm -hmm. Look at Calvin Ridley puts up a zero, and now he's you know not a great asset. Last the week, worst receiver in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> last week he's just untouchable. He's unbelievable. Joe Mixon, another guy. You know, you just. It's a day-to-day -day stock market, and sometimes you got to cash out when you got to cash out, and buy when you can buy. Agreed, agreed. That's a great point. Uh, you know, it's running a business, so you got to make sure you stay up to date with the news and uh, just keep trekking forward. Uh, speaking of news, the last thing I'd like to talk about today, um, I know we were discussing uh, news about COVID. Uh, obviously, 2020 has been quite the year uh, for everyone, including in, in sports and in football and fantasy football. Uh, there was a lot of news this past week in terms of COVID, and uh, it looks like there might be a small outbreak going on in Tennessee. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, uh, the DB in New England, tested positive. Uh, today, actually, his results came in October 7th. Cam Newton tested positive October 3rd. Uh, Raiders defensive lineman tested positive, uh, Maurice Hurst uh, today, October 7th. Uh, you know, a lot of games are going to be put in jeopardy if this keeps continuing. Uh, you know, right now, the Bills versus Titans, I, I can't see that playing out. I just really can't. It's too sketchy. Uh, Patriots versus Broncos, I mean, we're going to have to see what's going on with all the, the rapid tests every day. Uh, and even the Raiders versus the Chiefs. Uh, the good news is I read that the the Chiefs test results all came back negative. So that was good because they played New England last week. That's very beneficial. And this plays into depth this year, guys. Like, again, if a guy is putting up two, three points a week and you just want to drop him because you're tired of looking at him, uh, maybe not a great idea this year. Uh, points are going to be points no matter where they come from. Um, uh, what happens with Tennessee if they lose another game? I mean, what happens in the fantasy playoffs, matchups? It's just going to be an interesting year. You're going to have to be patient uh, and just you just got to ride it out. You know, as I mean, as you know, Brendan, finally get my boy Damon Harris back. I, I don't want the Patriots game to get. Uh, he's going to be a guy comes guy. out and looks good, and then I mean, let's get him on the field, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's going to be a stud. Uh, I'm calling well, it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know I'm after him. So good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Tyler, before we sign off here, is there anything else you, you want to add on this episode? I mean, it was definitely successful. I, I really appreciated the open dialogue with you, and uh, I know our listeners would, would definitely agree. So, uh, I guess the only thing I can add is uh, definitely hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on email. Um, Brennan and I are both very active on Dynasty League football. 
Um, Brendan, I don't know if you're okay giving out your screen name, but uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm Gator Sens on DLF. Um, I just I love it. I love talking about it. Uh, Brendan knows I don't even like football. I'm just <laughs> I just the the analytics, the running the team, the the soap opera of the NFL. Man, I just absolutely love it. So I can talk about it all day, every day. Uh, just hit us up. Happy to talk about anything and everything. You know, light me up for Jerry Judy, like whatever. Nice. Nice. Hey, man. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you guys, uh, Dynasty League Football, they they have a great website over there. They have a great forum uh, that we are, are always on. You can find us on the message boards talking about just some uh, league advice, just general discussion, anything like that. Uh, you can find me at McCaffsties, repping my boy, uh, Christian McCaffrey, of course. Uh, but yeah, you guys, you know, we're very active in the community. Um, like Tyler stated, if you guys have any questions, if you need a recommendation on uh, stardom, sit uh, how much fob or uh, priority waiver use you should uh, apply to a player, just shoot us a message. We want to help out to the best of our ability and get you some, some championship rings, some fantasy football Super Bowl. So Absolutely. And even outside of Dynasty, man, if you need pens, notebooks, any office, Uh, hit up my boy, Brendan. Don't office Mac. I love it. Don't Amazon. Don't do any of that. Do a family owned business for 80 years in the loop, the heart of downtown Chicago. Hit up Brendan. Uh, He's got everything you need. That's what's up. That's what's up, you guys. We, we will take care of you. Office supplies, pens, fantasy football knowledge. We got it all right here at Halfback Dynasty. Thank you for tuning Throw in. Throw in a free tidbit with every pen. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Hey, that's some good marketing strategies. This is so exciting. So, uh, you guys, we really do appreciate it. And uh, we thank you for tuning in. And we will see you next time. Peace. Have a good one.